It's Tuesday, March 20th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Curitiba, Brazil. Well, we are here in Brazil with Josh Caldwell and Farah Poe and Beth Stanley, and just have really had an awesome time getting to know this country, but also exploring all the things that the Lord has in store for us. And this is a country that many years ago, almost eight years ago, we first became accredited in, but we have not seen a lot of our orphan care initiatives or adoption really take off. And so we are excited to see some of the things that could happen even now in Brazil. So, uh, Josh, why don't you just give us an overview of our trip and some of the things that we're going to try to accomplish? Yeah, yesterday we flew into Sao Paulo and just had a, a great time with our team, getting to meet with our attorneys on the ground, getting to meet with an awesome translator, um, and just spending time talking about the program. And today we're in Curitiba, getting to meet with Seja, um, that's over the orphan and vulnerable children in this community. And tomorrow, um, we're going to be in uh, Brasilia and then in Rio um, as we end up our trip. And in each of those days, we're just really trying to get to know um, the local system of orphan and vulnerable children and what that looks like for adoption and orphan care. We're meeting believers and uh, just meeting with our team just to find out more how we can get more families involved to care for orphan and vulnerable children in this community. And one of the major ways, Herbie, we want to do that is through adoption. Yeah, and so I know one of the things that we've even been talking about and talked about a good bit in Sao Paulo with our representatives, Marcia and uh, Marcos, was how we can get more engaged and learn more about the adoption process. And the adoption process is certainly different in Brazil because it's not administrative like we find in a lot of Latin American countries, but it's a, it's a legal process primarily. And so Farah Poe, who helps direct our Brazil process as well as, as, well as our Honduras process and Dominican Republic, public and she works some in Colombia. But Brazil is uh, the program that you oversee, Farah. This is your first time on the podcast. So uh, we're grateful to have you here. And just talk a little bit about adoption in Brazil. Yeah, we've had several families come home um, and are just excited to learn from their experiences. And um, we're excited to be here in Brazil and learn a little bit about how how each state works. Um, And Our purpose is just to see who are the children eligible for adoption from Brazil. And so it's really neat just to talk with the central authority here and learn who the kids are so that we can advocate for them. Um, The the process runs, um, it's pretty predictable, um, pretty steady. It may be a little longer wait, but it is predictable. and how long, how long do families typically wait before they're matched here in Brazil? You know, we really do say it depends on the ages and needs that you're open to. Um, we say families who are open to siblings or maybe older children are more likely to have a faster process just because that is a need in Latin America as a whole. Um, but we would typically say your wait time starts when your dossier is ready, which is your application to Brazil. And so we typically say around a year and a half to two years before you are matched. 
And Thera, like one of the things that we've been trying to determine is wh- who are the children that are really needing families. So, in our quest to find families for children, we want to know who are those children that need families here in Brazil. And I know it's it's been hard, even as we've been here the last couple of days, to really put uh, a, some definition to that because their information is confidential until the referral is made, which in a lot of ways is good for the protection of these children. But I know it's hard for families going well. What what can I expect in a match? So, what would you say uh, is the is the primary child right now in Brazil that needs a family? Yeah, just adding to that, I think Brazil does a good job in protecting the children and who they are, um, which is great for the process and for the children and looking at their best interest. I would say that sibling groups, um, you know, that could be two, three, four siblings are what we're seeing. Um, even older children, I'm looking at 10, 11, 12 single older children. Um, and so that's what we're looking at now, but we're hoping to have more information for you guys after this trip, just as we're able to learn about each region. Yeah, and Farah, talk a little bit about the trip to Brazil. I know that uh, we actually like that they have a long bonding process because that is in the ultimate good for children and families. But talk a little bit about the bonding trip and the trip to Brazil to actually bring your child home. Yeah, so you'll be in Brazil for about six to eight weeks, and you'll actually get to live in the city that your child is from. And so you're learning about their culture, their language, where they come from, which is so beneficial when they come home just for your bonding process. And throughout the first three to four weeks that you're in country, you will actually have a visit once a week from your child's psychologist and social worker just to make sure the bonding's going well. Um, They're there to answer any questions you may have about your child's history um, and really just help equip you guys for when you come home because that's when the real journey is starting. So I think, you know, in country can be hard for families that long, but it's so great um, in the long run for your family. Yeah, and I know even as we've been here, we've just, you know, really wanted to to make sure that we let families know that Brazil is a program that is open for inter-country adoption and that families can adopt from Brazil. But you've got to be patient. You've got to be open. Uh, and it's definitely a, a program with older siblings, uh, with older children, children with some special needs. But there are children in need here in Brazil. And I know a lot of times, especially nowadays with social media, with the internet, uh, seeing a picture sometimes sometimes makes the difference. But in Brazil, because of their great job they do of protecting their children, you don't get those pictures into the referral. And that's that's really a good thing for these children, but I know it's also hard for families. But we'd still encourage you to give us a call, to give Farah a uh, call at our office at 205-967-0811, or to get in touch with Beth. And Beth, you oversee all of our Latin America programs, and you've had the opportunity, really even since the beginning of your time at Lifeline, to be a part of this Brazil program. You help the first family come home and some of the subsequent families have come home as well under your aid. Uh, but one of the things we've even been talking about while we're here is is praying for the people of Brazil. It's a diverse people. Um, they're very uh, open to lots of different things. But what are some things that you would lead people to start to pray, not just for the orphans of Brazil, but for the people of Brazil? Yeah, we are just really enjoying getting to know different people here. I think that's been one of my favorite parts so far is just getting to see the different people involved with ministries. It's a culturally rich country. Um, also, lots of lostness is here. Um, diversity is very common and can be a very good thing, but also it leads to a lot of confusion with what is the true gospel. And so, and just really thinking through like, 
Praying for the local church, first and foremost. I think really praying that um, they have sweet opportunities to share the true gospel, to make disciples, um, to build communities. Um, and then eventually, of course, we'd love to see them plugged in and leading the orphan care movement themselves. Um, we also could be praying for the children, of course, uh, that families would be reunited and maybe strengthened and learn who Christ is and let that be the center of their family and redemptive work. Um and then as the children, if they are declared abandoned, that uh, the right people and policies would be in place to protect them and to advocate for them. So that way we can find their future fa- families. Again, we hope domestically and internationally as, you know, as being the last resort, I think would be um, just a, an ideal situation eventually. But right now we're learning that there are so many children and they just feel invisible right now. And so just pray for their hearts and their minds because they're not invisible to the Lord and just really praying um, for peace for them and just that we can advocate and work together and arm in arm with different ministries here and back home to, to really find their forever families. And I know one of the things that we've even seen is that domestic adoption is so much easier in Brazil than in a lot of countries and a lot of Latin American countries, even at that. And uh, one of the things we can really do is just to pray that the church would arise because this is a process that's a lot easier. And, you know, Beth, you and I were in Colombia just about a month ago and got to speak with several churches. And in Colombia, it's not as easy for domestic adoption and domestic intervention. So that's one thing we can praise the Lord for, but we need to ask that the Lord would bring uh, Brazilian families to adopt domestically. And Farah, I know one of the the families that we see uh, come a lot are families that are with Brazilian heritage that are living in the United States. Uh, Talk a little bit about that process because it really isn't unique uh, for them. I think a lot of times, right, those families think because they're of Brazilian heritage that it's going to be an easier process. But talk about that it's, you know, the process for a family with Brazilian heritage. Yeah, I just think looking at domestic adoption being so strong, um, the goal is that the children are able to stay in their home country with their culture. Um, And so that's exciting to see that there are families moving forward for children. And it's children of all ages. We've seen domestic families want to adopt older children or sibling groups. And so that's so encouraging. And I would just encourage our heritage families that are living in the United States to really pray through, um, you know, how is the Lord leading you to adopt from Brazil? Isn't it, is it an older child? Is it sibling groups? Um, you know, we've been told that our heritage families get second priority behind domestic families. Um, but again, we're not sure, you know, how long that wait could be. So really encouraging families to pray through that time and see where is the Lord leading you specifically. Yeah. And one of the things that we got to do yesterday is meet with a local believer, and she actually uh, helps translate for us, and her name's Deborah. And we can be thinking through that. We just got the opportunity to learn about her ministry as she's church planting in and around Sao Paulo, and uh, just to pray for her. And one of the things that she was telling us as well is that there really aren't a lot of good Portuguese resources uh, for the church. And so uh, we, we just really want to be praying for that. And uh, Josh, even as uh, you're here, here and, and got to meet with Deborah yesterday, and I know Stacy gets to work with Radical. Um, what are just some ways that people could be uh, helping in Brazil outside of adoption? You know, we talk about wanting to defend the fatherless, and certainly we talked about prayer and adoption, but what are some ways even that folks could get engaged with the orphan and, and with what's going on in Brazil outside of adoption? 
Yeah, I think, Herbie, that's a great question. I think one of the things that people could do um, right now is support church planning efforts like we heard from from Deborah um, yesterday. And she was just telling us about uh, her organization. They've seen six uh, churches planted over the last several years and just how incredible they're seeing this this movement from evangelism to discipleship and really trying to disciple churches, families, uh, raise up pastors. And so um, as the body of Christ in America, we can see churches partner with churches and see churches partner in America, partner with churches in Brazil. And our heart is to see those churches be a part of orphan care. And so what that looks like in each context is so different. And it can look like um, even child sponsorship. It could look like being a part of trainings. Uh, Lifeline has the opportunity to come to Brazil to do some training, but we're at the point where we need resources in order to do that. So your church could support, um, or you individually as a family could support Lifeline in the trainings that we want to do for foster care, for caregiver training, for domestic adoption, and all the things that we want to be a part of, that we're, we're at a place where we need um, someone to come and partner alongside us. So I think supporting church planning efforts and then supporting the efforts of Lifeline to do other orphan care ministries in places like Brazil is, is a way that you can get involved today. Yeah, and Josh, uh, I know that uh, last Friday there was an email that came from the Department of State about soft referrals. And uh, I know there's been some confusion about what a soft referral is. And uh, certainly one of the things that we see here in Brazil is there are no soft referrals because you're certainly not getting a referral until you've submitted your dossier and that child is matched. Talk about why even right now where we are with intercountry adoption and, and even some, uh, there was a, an article today uh, that went out talking about, again, the decline of international adoption. Talk about why it's so important that as believers we get engaged with intercountry adoption, not just in those countries that have big numbers, but in countries like Brazil that really need that intervention. Yeah, some children, that is their their hope for for the future of understanding who Christ is, of knowing uh, what a family looks like is to have a forever family through intercountry adoption. And we know that that is not an option for every single child that is an orphan or vulnerable child. We get that and we, we, we stand beside that because we see domestic adoption movements and foster care movements and church planning movements and things that are really helping in that process. But we also know there are children today that are in need of a family and their only way to have that family is through intercountry adoption. And so we pray that families will step up to be a part of programs like Brazil. We know that a lot Lots of American families that are that are believers and part of uh, uh, missional churches go to Brazil on short-term missions. We know they support missionaries already. They know we know they're praying for what's going on in Brazil, and we pray that some of those families would step up and become adoptive parents in Brazil. And we'd love to just invite you to be a part of that by uh, calling our office at 205-967-0811 or just go into our website, lifelinechild.org, uh, and learning more about our Brazil program and how you can become an adoptive parent through the country of Brazil. Well, it's been so awesome to be here and what a beautiful country, but also a diverse country. You think about uh, Sao Paulo, which is on the beach, uh, and then you think about Rio, which we will go and, and we need to be praying for Rio, even as there's uh, a military has had to take over Rio because of some of the violence that's there. And then we think about uh, of the Amazon basin and deep into the rainforest. And there are still so many people within this country who have yet to hear or had an opportunity to hear the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is a country that 
that needs our intervention. And we are just so privileged and blessed to be here as a team and would just covet your prayers as we continue to go uh, tomorrow to Brasilia and then we end out our trip in Rio de Janeiro. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.